everybody. How's it going? This is Chris Latore, Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 14. Here we are, number 14. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for looking at our Instagram and, and Twitter at Sunspots Comics. Thank you for looking at the Facebook at the Facebook.com slash Sunspots Comics. And thanks for writing in your questions and suggestions to Chris at SunspotsComics.com. So we appreciate all the feedback. Appreciate you following. Appreciate you listening. Hope you like it. Hope you have fun with it. Hope you enjoy it. Because I do. Every single darn week I do. And I just try to spread it on to you. Just uh, you're the bread and I spread the comic book love onto you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, jam-packed week. Oh, my God. 18 comics. Holy moly moly. Lots and lots and lots of reading. Fantastic week. It was a just a mess of goodness. <laughs> That's the only way to describe it. It was all over the place. And uh, before we get all into that, um, this week I did a double feature with a buddy, Michael Norris, Ant-Man and Fantastic Four, Thursday night. And uh, let me tell you, I have, can't remember the last time I did a double feature of two comic book movies where they were in the same night and back to back. That was fun. I want to do that more. I'm looking forward to the opportunity of multitudes of movies coming out and being out at the same time to where that can happen. So Ant-Man for the second time, Fantastic Four for the first time. And that's what I've got some recordings of. So we're going to jump like quickly into that really fast because... My goodness, uh, <laughs> it was um, Fantastic Four. Ultimately, I'll leave the I'll let the review speak for itself. But I enjoyed it. It was short. It was more science fiction movie than comic book. They changed some names on stuff, which is fine. Added a little weirdness there. There's definitely holes and problems with it. But I was able just to have fun with it and watch it and enjoy it with a buddy. And I would see it again. I'd probably buy it. I, I'll buy it. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Hopefully the Blu-ray will be chocked full, loaded full of stuff, because it was like an hour and 26 minutes. It was like over in a blink, and I was ready for some more. But let's just let the... There were fresh reviews, right? I mean, I did some little, like, pre-promo snippets before the starts, when Mike was off getting a Slurpee. And then uh, it's immediately in the vehicle after, as we're leaving the place, um, which was uh, the Ontario Mills in Ontario, California. So we just... I just popped the recorder on, stuck it in Michael Norris's face as he was trying to drive, which is probably not safe, but oh well, it happened. And uh, it's our real review, just our thoughts immediately after. So let's just uh, jump right in there and uh, hope you enjoy it. Here goes me and Michael Norris, double feature night. Oh, and before I forget, spoiler warning, of course, there will be comic books discussed, spoils given, and the Fantastic Four, of course, there'll be spoilers there too. So you've been warned, spoiler alert. So here we go. Enjoy. Hey everybody, it's Chris Latore. I'm sitting in the AMC Theater in Ontario, about to see Ant-Man for the second time. And then after that, Fantastic Four premiere. And I don't know if I'm more excited to see Ant-Man for the second time or for, or for Fantastic Four the first time. I'm not sure. Uh, so I've got my buddy Mike Norris with me who's getting a Slurpee right now, or Icy. And uh, maybe we'll sit down and talk after we've seen this double feature together. I can't remember the last time that I've nerded out with a double feature, a back-to-back with two comic book movies in the theater. I can't remember the last time. I'm going to have to dig into the archives, figure out when that was. 
But uh, I can't tell you how excited I am. Just about to heavily earn it. And both in 3D. Double the 3D action. Four hours of 3D. wonder if my eyes will just give out. My brain will not be able to see the 3D anymore or something. <laughs> well, who knows? But anyway, just wanted to pre-check in, and uh, we'll, you'll hear from maybe me and Mike uh, after this is all done. So pretty exciting. Double feature, Ant-Man and Fantastic Four. Woohoo! In three dizzle. Okay, Ant-Man is finished, and let me tell you, I definitely loved it more the second time around. It was so good. Still funny, still fantastic. I got to really look at the deeper parts of the 3D, spend a little more time on the background, etc. The 3D had some great depth. It was fantastic. Now I'm uh, waiting for the 8.30 of Fantastic Four. There's about eight people in the theater. Yikes. And I'm waiting for Mike Norris. He's watching the end and end scene after Ant-Man is over, which uh, is kind of a trippy scene, right? The Winter Soldier with his arm caught in some sort of machinery and it's just a strange little tie into Civil War, yes, but kind of a, I don't know. But uh, excited now. Ready for Fantastic Four. Here we go. I'll just record now. What do you say? We'll see how it goes. We'll just talk about it. I didn't think it was horrible. I mean, I didn't think, uh, like I said, if you can rate them by, like, douche chills moments. You know, there was only really one. Like, them talking about making their team. Yeah. What are we going to call it? I don't know. There's four of us. Well, you know, it was, it was a big leap, too, for them telling the government to give them a facility and then they get this big facility. Yeah. should have been more of like, you're going to leave us alone. Yes. Otherwise, we're going to come after you. And then we want the Baxter building. Yes. Well, I think, I, I think that should have just been inherited from, from the... From Franklin's storm to Sue and Johnny. That was a bit strange that they just, you know, gave him this building in the middle of nowhere. Central City? Yeah, I don't know why it was called Central City. That was a little strange. I, you know, that's the wrong wrong comic for Central City. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's... I, I liked it. I, I did, too. Fun. Like I said, I think they did the characterization right. Yeah, I mean, decent origin story. Oh, yeah. Decent origin story. They did a good job. The government was more of the bad guys than anything. Yeah. That was surprising. What was with that one bad guy chewing gum? That was his thing. Well, you know, it was who a little he thing is. I know that bothered me, but he uh, was, he was, you know how he was chewing gum? Yeah, he was stern <laughs> from um, The Incredible Hulk, the one with Edward Norton. Oh, yeah. That's who right. becomes the leader. That's right. So, yeah, that's who he was. Yeah, he when he got his, that was good. Yeah, because he, he was just annoying, right? <laughs> I, every, every scene where he was like with his speech and he was chewing gum, I just wanted to. I was just kind of hoping he was going to take that gum out of his mouth. I know it's a little thing, but it was bothering me. I don't know. Well, why. that's why he was doing it. He needed some <laughs> kind of bad guy trope, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's true. No, it was, he, you know, they did like Reed was really good. You know, picking him, made him young, made him awkward. You know the guy that played the thing he was really good too you yeah know, that was well done you understand why he's friends and what his role is yeah he came from kind of a heavy that that bullying family where they're all just smacking each other around yeah. just kind of a verbally abusive and uh yeah that was a it, that was a great time it made sense to his character i thought yeah yeah i, I thought that was really good you know the the i would have liked to see a little more humor in it because yeah. Johnny's such a fun character. It was kind of humorless, right? There yeah, other much. than, like, when they first walk in and Ben's like, 
Are you guys in shape for this? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, that's <laughs> kind of a funny yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm not like he's a... And the trailer showed the like the two or three funny moments. That was it. And that there wasn't anything more than that. But like we said, when they got when they first get to and it should be negative zone. It really should. Yeah. Be what was with the uh, zero Earth? Yeah. A lot of weird name changes of things. Yeah. But when they when they first got there, there was a, that was a lot of tension. Yeah. You know, it was that was a really good sci-fi moment. Totally. Yeah, and that's really it, what it, it is. It took you away from that all uh, the feel of okay, this is a comic book movie. You went okay, wow, this is like. This is like Interstellar or something. This is yes. this is full of sci-fi. Yeah, this this was not a comic book movie. This was a sci-fi movie. That's really what this is. It had it had one comic moment, really. You know, and that's the fight with Doom. But beyond that, it it wasn't it. I mean, it was it was yeah. all it was all sci-fi. I really longed for more Doom. I just wanted more of it. The movie was surprisingly short, and I just. I wanted to see that character developed more. I there was that year gap. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to see what was going on with Doom. Well, I was hoping they were going to send back the other people that went over there. Basically, like the expedition failed. They come. Only one survivor comes back, and he, you know, he, he gives the impending doom is coming. Yeah. You know, that would have been build up the the tension a bit on that one. Right. You know, maybe Doom destroys the bridge again, and then they have to there build up a third time, and then they get out there and. They deal with it all. Kind of predictable, right? When when those guys went back into Planet Zero that second time and you knew Doom was going to be there. There was a lot of predictable moments in that scene for me. Oh, yeah. Those guys are going to die, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Doom's going to come and he's going to, you know, go back. It just seemed all very kind of predictable and laid out on that scene. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... But, again, it's an origin story. They got to make it as predictable as they can when they're doing... When they decide to go full in on an origin story but seriously do we need another parent dying in a superhero origin story I know you know, you know this could be full of spoilers yeah oh yeah that's gonna go early on before <laughs> this goes <laughs> but yeah it's, it was good it was a real good movie you know the, it was definitely better than the previous two Fantastic Four movies visually absolutely acting wise acting wise it was better Casting? Other, other than Johnny. I don't know. Chris Evans is a very good Johnny Storm. Christ Evans? Yeah, right? <laughs> he, I would say he's a better Johnny Storm than he is Captain America. You think so? Yeah. I think, he's, I think he's, uh, he was fun as, as Johnny Storm, but I, I think he's really he's, he's grown into that role, and uh, he's definitely become that icon for me anyway. Yeah. I, I, I like... Uh, there's, there's no other one to compare against yet. Right. So, yeah. No, it was it was good. I'd see it again. I will I will buy it. Yeah, likely. it'll be a buy for me as as well. And I hope that because of the running time of like under an hour and a half, right? Wasn't it like an hour and twenty eight? It was yeah. It was just under an hour and a half. I hope that there's a director's cut. There's an extended edition. There's a a whole lot of hidden scenes. I hope they really expand, especially in the Doom area, and maybe some of the action. I just felt uh, there wasn't enough. I wanted more action. Yeah. That, that would be very cool. Yeah, and I want more thing. The thing was really well done. Like, he looks like what you would expect a real-life thing to look like. And sound, I like that they didn't go crazy with his voice. And, oh, uh, no. They, they did a good job with the voice. Yeah, I, I thought they did a really good job with the sound of him moving as well. Yes, yeah. yeah you hear little creaks and groans. and Yeah, it, that, that part was really well done, too. And, you know, even the subtle touches, you notice on Johnny's suit, there's... There's venting 
for the fire. You know, on Reed's suit, he has to add structural bands in order to keep his, his structural integrity together. You know, Sue's suit, I don't know, the short suit's a little goofy. Yeah. <laughs> ben needs pants. Just, not that he's got anything, apparently, it's just rock. But yeah. he needs pants. You know, why didn't they put pants on him? Because <laughs> you're, I mean, every scene you're looking at his ass, you're staring at his crotch. I mean, it's just, well, it's, you're not looking at anything else, let's be honest. It, it answers the important questions Jason Lee asked back in Mallrats. Really? Right. What is the thing packing what, what down there? Packing? Right. And it's zero. He's a Barbie doll, folks. Stan Lee did not, <laughs> did not answer that question. This movie did. That was the other thing. No Stan Lee cameo. I didn't realize that. I was waiting for him. I thought when they got to that uh, unnamed building in Central City, yes. I thought that was the Stan Lee scene, right? Yes. Coming up. And I was even trying to figure out who that guy was. I was like, maybe he's an old school writer or something for Marvel, but I didn't recognize him. Did I thought not. first maybe it was like an astronaut. Was he like an actual? Like I was thinking, is that Buzz? Uh, what's his uh, what's fan? Or somebody, you know? Was didn't he look Buzz kind of Walker. like he was famous? Yeah, like maybe? He, he, I want to say he's somebody. I just don't know who. We're going to have to Google that guy that yeah. introduces them to their unnamed building in the middle of nowhere in Central City. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be curious to see where they go with the next one. I hope it's just, I hope the Blu-ray is loaded with more stuff. I just felt like I wanted more of it overall. I just hope this one gets a sequel. You know, yeah. Give it, give it the potential to go to the next one. And then if the next one isn't great, isn't, you know, doesn't blow you away, then fine. Stop it. I didn't feel like this was like a high-budget film. Did you? I mean, I felt like... Special effects-wise. You think so? Yeah. You just didn't have that epically large, high-budget film feel. I think feel. spent a lot of it on making the thing... To make the thing move and all that kind of stuff, I think he was very... It was very graphically intense. Yeah, and the thing in the shadow, I thought that was well done, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Just from the sound of his movement, like rock, you know, grinding against each other. Oh, him breaking out of kind of his formation initially. I was really good too You know He just They did a really good job Of kind of making him emerge Yeah Yeah that was well done And the eyes They looked They looked Yeah Genuine and real And you could see the emotion In the eyes They did a good job with that Yeah the only problem I have Is his eyes are too far apart Spacing wise Yeah He's got a big old Gargantuan head Yeah His head's His head's <laughs> it was very alien like right That's the problem It's like Well yes you can Be changed in a rock But how did your eyes move Yeah I should be the same and then big rocket around you. That was very alien like. Yeah. I think it would look odd. They they went with a you know, structurally equal, you know, to, to be evened out I think. Yeah. But but the eyes being that far away did make it have a little alien feel to it. Yeah. That's well you know what I like too is they incorporated with Reed that he can manipulate his muscles subtly when he's hiding. You know, he changed yeah. his face, he changed his appearance. Yeah. That so that nice. they couldn't there's no facial recognition for them. So yeah. I thought even the uh, the suits. I mean, if they do get a sequel, and I hope they do, that the the suits they were wearing just seemed very prototypeish feel. I mean, you know, Reed's we could tell it was yeah, a prototype. I would have and liked to have seen because you don't ever see the square four. I like that that the four is kind of squarish now. You know, and I'd like to see that. The one thing I did think was the environmental suits that they wore when they went to the planet. Yeah, they looked very future foundation. Very much so. And did you? I liked how they incorporated Doom's look with their environmental suit just melted to his body, especially yeah. in the face area. Oh, yeah. 
I thought that was well done. Yeah, I thought it was very well done. Very practical, and it made sense. Like, wow, this... Because they had that, that uh, you know, sort of semi-stormtrooper-looking mouth cover, mm-hmm. and that being melted on the Doom's face, I thought, looked looked legit. Yeah. And practical. It made sense. Well, it made sense for the... Yeah, for the situation he was in, it made a lot of sense. No, it's... Like I said, it, overall, it was a really well-done movie. Yeah, not bad. Short, I wanted more, but it was good. I think that's our review overall. I I don't uh, think it was horrible. I I give it a thumbs up. I enjoyed it. The time went by really quick, and uh, movie time was under an hour and a half, but it was good, right? It was very good. Yep, I would go see it again. Yeah, I liked it. So there you go, folks. That's uh, me and Mike Norris driving back to my car after just seeing Fantastic Four. So there's our kind of review. Hope you enjoyed. Go see it. Fantastic Four. So there you have it, raw, unedited. We just uh, had a nice conversation. It was cool on the way back. And uh, oh, one weird thing, we asked for 3D for Fantastic Four, and they gave us the large format screen. It was too late when we'd realized it that hey, this because of the back-to-backness, this isn't 3D. And we're like, oh, we're we gonna go out. We're we gonna ask. Are we gonna miss the little beginning? We just said, oh well, just watch it on large format and enjoy it. So. I didn't have the eyes burning out of four year, four hours of 3D, so uh, the large format was kind of cool. It was uh, just big, <laughs> but nice that uh, you don't usually see the screens that uh, long and wide, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. And they were nice enough after we told them that, hey, we bought 3D, we didn't get 3D, they gave us a pass for another movie in the future. So that was nice of them, good customer service for AMC theaters. So uh, that was cool. So there that is. Hope you liked that. It was fun. Good stuff. Go see Fantastic Four. Give it a chance. I know the world is just uh, whew, harshness, but hey, it was it was fun. It was popcorn movie. It was sci-fi. It was action. It was good. So there you go. So let's jump right into five feel-good factoid freebies. And this week is good ones. Uh, you know, I just like to find stuff that makes me smile a little bit about the comic book world. And the first of five is the ComingSoon.net article on Guardians of the Galaxy's animated series coming to Disney XD. And I haven't been excited about a Disney XD animated uh, Marvel comic in a long time. So I went to YouTube, watched the trailers about what this is all about. And I love the animation style. They jump right in with blue suede, hooked on a feeling mixed in there. It seems edited well. It has some great voice actors that sound very similar to the movie. just seems to have the tone, the feel, the look of carrying on the Guardians of the Galaxy series. And I'm all in. So I'm excited. September 26th, this will premiere. And go to YouTube and check out the, the two mini trailers. And then there's like a little profile snippets of each one and it's well done and it's, like I said especially the voice acting it just it didn't uh, sound so way off that it made you go huh that sounds strange but no I mean they all all the act- voice actors are just right on target and I love the look it looks a little different um, which I think is a smart thing to do with with all the the Marvel Disney XD series so definitely has a, a look and feel of Peter Quill in action, and him being younger, which is kind of cool. So I'm wondering how long they stay on that from right after he's uh, in the movie where he's picked up uh, after his mother passes, kind of picks up right there. Wondering how long they stay in that world, because they do show Peter Quill as an adult. So I'm I'm all in. Can't wait. September 26th, Disney uh, XD. Check out Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's the first feel-good factoid freebie. And the second is from metro.co.uk titled every woman is a superhero in these incredible comic book paintings this just jumped right at me because it's it's this um watercolor style 
and then it looks like it's photo imaged over the watercolor style of actual classic comic books onto these these drawings of of women um, and it's really interesting you have to look at this style it has a, a bleeding edge sort of look to it and this watercolor is just beautiful artist uh, Sandra Chavier Chavier um, so sorry, Sandra, I got that wrong. <laughs> but uh, she goes deep into this as well, saying that she, uh, she does this to show the expectations society places on women to become superheroes. And she says the series Cages is about women trying to find freedom from society's twisted preconceptions of what a woman should or shouldn't be. So she's making a statement here as well. Read into that. It's kind of interesting. But one of them has a 50s-style pin-up-looking just head with old Batman Penguin comics in color. So it's like black and white um, of the uh, watercolor style. And then these beautiful, bright, from looks like the 70s Batman Penguin comics sort of photo snapped onto the picture. So it has a real cool look to it. And uh, check it out when you get a chance, metro.co.uk. Um, these paintings are gorgeous, and doesn't say anything about being able to buy them, but maybe coming soon you will be able to, so it has a link there. Even like a Marilyn Monroe-looking watercolor painting with Superman from the 60s, 70s image, images all over it. Just well done. Neat take. I can see this on shirts and mugs and hats in the future, so I'll be watching out for that, so check that out. That's my second of five. And the third comes from Decaturish.com. Decaturish.com. Just cool. Uh, it's a title here says, My parents' basement comic book and craft beer store will open next week. I'm not a huge fan of beer, but what a combo, right? <laughs> parents' basement? Um, I don't think it's actually in a basement. It looks like it is going to be a small business, but the concept of bringing craft beers and comic books together looks like it's going to be opening officially August 12th in uh, Avondale which is uh, in Avondale Estates, and uh, that, it, it, it looks really cool, like, I can tell they want to have a twist, you know, something a little different, that is going to be bringing specialized beers together, and with comic books, so I hope it works out, good luck to you, <laughs> that's a little different. And my fourth feel-good factoid freebie story is on from comicbook.com titled Fiery Human Torch Drone Flies Around New York. This is cool. The 20th Century Fox partnered with a viral marketing company called ThinkMoto. They hired uh, some dudes that made some drones with like this Johnny Storm size, six foot tall, uh, whatever they made it out of. It stayed on fire. It was brightly lit. They did it in a, um, a, f a, f a fire... Uh, like training facility, a firefighter's training facility. So it was completely safe, but they, it, how it was able to stay on fire and fly around for a long period of time looks amazing. I mean, it's a practical effect uh, that you could imagine seeing in a, in a comic book movie now. They could have used this now. It was that professionally done, in my opinion. So check that out if you haven't already seen it. It's on YouTube as well. This human torch drone flying around New York, and they even, of course, laid the ground out with the four in flames and it fl the image of that of the uh, drone flying over the four on the ground that was on fire just so iconic so well done i mean legit professional so check that out comicbook.com fiery human torch drone flies over new york very very cool some awesome imagery and my fifth and final factoid freebie feel good factoid freebie 
is Cactus Records unveils massive collection of used comic books. So again, a little twist. Bozeman, uh, the city of Bozeman, is uh, opening, or they already have this Cactus Records, and they've dug out over 7,000 quality used comic books ranging from the 30s to the 2000s. They've carefully curated, cleaned, and organized, and have them ready to go. Kind of cool that a record shop is bringing out 7,000 comics. They even have, like, wear your your superhero costume during the week of unveiling. You get 20% off your comic book. The first 50 comic book purchasers will also receive a free comic book grab bag. Who doesn't like free comics? So I'm all into this. I wish I was closer to that and just could go and check it out. But if you're around the city of Bozeman, uh, Montana, believe it or not, check out uh, Cactus Records and their 7,000 comics they're going to be displaying in their store. Pretty cool. So those are the five factoid feel-good, five factoid feel-good freebies. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed them. They were great and just made me, just warmed my heart a little bit. So there you go. Hope you like that. So next up, uh, log this one into the uh, weirdishly cool comic book promo products. <laughs> I found this one. Do uh, you remember pop-up books? I do as a kid. The hard cardboard paperish looking pop-up books of all sort of interests and styles and genres. Well, The Walking Dead is going to do a blood-drenched pop-up book. Uh, wow. I mean, that's a little different, right? I, I have to put my 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 eyes on this to see what it's all about but uh not for kids pop-up book and it's looking like it's gonna be coming out in well no official oh here we go for official release date november 10th the walking dead pop-up book uh what's that gonna be like there's no preview picture of it yet um but uh, more details to come <laughs> so log that into the weirdishly cool comic book promo products wow adult Walking Dead pop-up book. <laughs> Let's roll right into an article that makes my spider sense tingle. And this comes from DailyMail.com. And the title says, Could humans soon have superpowers like the Fantastic Four? So this one says, Lockheed Martin reveals how we could one day gain invisibility and super stretchiness. Perfectly timed, right, for the movie coming out. And the highlights of this article say... Uh, bullet points are Lockheed Martin say advanced materials could mimic the Fantastic Four. Self-healing elastic polymers could replicate Mr. Fantastic's stretchy power. Materials that manipulate how they reflect light could mimic the Invisible Woman. Carbo nanotubes ten times stronger than steel could make a thing. And heat-resistance coatings could protect against the Human Torch's flames. So it's it's just kind of nice how Lockheed Martin will release an article, or at least they've partnered with this marketing company to release information as to how they believe one day it could all be possible. Check this article out. It's it's detailed. It's insane how far Lockheed Martin has gone into the realm of superheroes possibly being something that could happen one day. So there you go. Science, government, coming together, comic book possibilities. Totally made the spider sense tingle. Hope you like that. So here we go. Let's get right into my top five comic book picks of New Comic Book Day, August 5th. And like I said, there were 18 comic books, and uh, it was just a mess of all over the place. One theme that seemed to be prevalent in all of them was uh, dream sequences. There were a lot... I'm not the biggest fan of dream sequences in comic books, and it seemed they all had a theme this week. Of the 18, there was probably eight 
or so that had dream sequences in it. And surprisingly, I didn't pick any of those <laughs> as in my in my top five. But um, it's still an interesting topic that I think uh, could be explored maybe a little better in the realm of comics. But this week, the top five were so good. <laughs> Make sure you put these on your poll list, buy them immediately, and let's jump right in. My number five pick of the week was Airboy, number three, by Image Comics, by Robinson and Hinkle. And uh, what a self-deprecating story this is. Um, who knows how much is real, uh, it, it is a real glimpse into their lives. But this is a messed up story, um, sort of an acid trip, a question mark, um, <laughs> for these not very likable characters. Uh, in the realm of comics, two real guys that uh, due to this this drug-induced uh, romp they go on um, are visited by an actual comic book uh, person named Airboy. And this one is where the Airboy character decides to take them back into the realm of World War II. But in World War II with a twist with uh, mechs. And this is sort of an exploration into Airboy's world. How things just, uh, just a immediate contrast to modern day really puts you nicely into that uh, in the realm of the 40s. So it's just a nice romantic visit into that realm. But of course, it uh, has to go strangely and crazily wrong <laughs> in this series. So it, it can't be ignored. Uh, it's uh, just a strange comic that is just so messed up in so many ways that you just can't look away from it but it looks like it's wrapping up in issue number four so interesting to see where this is going to end but this is their uh, them trying to make it their way in this world while world war ii is going on with nazi mechs so well drawn by hinkle and again uh how much of that is real and how much is not? I, I can't wait till it's all over to see what they write and reflect upon after. So that's my number five. And number four is uh, by Joe Benitez Publishing and Pro- Productions. Benitez Productions. Lady Mechanica, number four. And I've been... This is a, a, a serious flashback into the art style of the 90s. I think that's why I really enjoyed it. It's a, it's kind of an Indiana Jones uh, desert... Uh, uh, epic sort of sweeping story, adventure story, about how Lady Mechanica, who is this sort of steampunk, half-robot steampunk, uh, you know, the antagonist of the story, is trying to help this young child find her father, who's on this expedition to find the Tablet of Destinies. I just loved anything that's called Of Destinies. (laughs) The pick, the pick of destiny, whatever it is, just anything that's named Of Destinies, right? (laughs) It has to be interesting in a comic book. So this is just a cool, you know, romp around them trying to find the little girl's dad who's on this expedition to find the Tablet of Destinies, which they're hot on the trail in the middle of the Sahara Desert and things aren't going very well. And of course, there are other other teams here that they run into out there in the desert and they're desperate and they don't have water. And the trail is run almost dry until when finally these slavers pick them up and they've they're slowly know as they're shown here, these characters are not good, and they're just plotting their way to escape from this group when another group comes along. So there's these two groups in the desert now kind of fighting each other. How are they going to do with this? This little girl is adorable um, that she's trying to help and save, 
and they even take um, a, a slaver girl away from this group. So it looks like their little band is now three, and uh, just action-packed. New sort of villains introduced here with a steampunkish-looking bird pigeon that is is you know stalking them from a high point. And just the art is gorgeous. It's very steampunkish. You got to put your eyes on this. It's just so well drawn. Hats off to uh, Mr. Benitez uh, doing Joe Benitez created it, doing the art Joe Benitez, and the story by M. Chen. So number four pick, Lady Mechanica. Number four. Check that out. And my number three from Image Comics, Outcast number 11 by Mr. Robert Kirkman, artist Paul Azaceta. This is just getting better and better, I think. The art style is... I think this is the art winner for the week. I don't know, maybe a tie between Lady Mechanica and Outcast. But the art style here is very dark. A lot of dark grays, dark blues. And the devil makes a visit. Devil makes a house call to the Reverend. And, uh, wow. This this Reverend's really rattled. He's shaked. His, his faith is questioned. He thinks, uh, well, maybe God is watching me. Maybe he's not. He's really rattled by this house call from the devil. Which, who wouldn't be, right? And and then you, you have the main character, which uh, his name escapes me. It has that uh, continual thread of where he's really trying to to better his relationship with his daughter and his ex, which he had to exercise both of them, and it didn't end well. And so he's sort of this deadbeat dad, though, and not really spending time. But the connection that he has here with his daughter when he sort of accidentally sees her and embraces her, and he talks about how that really gives him energy and makes him feel like he needs to carry on his mission when he was almost ready to call it quits in doing these exorcisms. So he's able to gather some light, gather some hope from his young daughter. And I thought it was really touching. It really it really got me there. And then you're introduced to a new possession, <laughs> which is frightening. So twist here, uh, nice, I can see new arc going into this new person that is possessed. And Team Reverend and Team uh, Team the Outcast is going to have to find this person and help this family out. But he has some new hope, and that's kind of nice—a little brightness on this very dark and sort of <laughs> dim comic book about a guy that uh, does these exorcisms. So that's my—that was just really good. My number, my number three pick, and my number two is John Flood from Boom Studios. John Flood, number one of six. From Jordan, Colho, and Bond villain. And this is an interesting story about a man that was experimented on by the government. Shame, shame, you government. And his uh, sort of unique ability is that he doesn't sleep. And it allows him to solve murders. So they flash back to him uh, being in prison. Blood on his hands. Not looking good. He ex- he admits he was experimented on by the government. He doesn't sleep. He has difficulty knowing what is a dream and what is reality. So interesting. And then we flash uh, back a week. And you're seeing a sort of guy that's being recruited. He has a sort of heroic uh, tendency. He gets involved in a tussle in a diner. And he breaks the, the tussle up. And then there's this mysterious woman that just appears that is looking to recruit him to work with John Flood. Um, So it looks like he's like Steve Rogers, like Captain America, being recruited to work with John Flood, who solves murders. And then you are introduced to the bad guy, who is this serial killer that has no really any sequence, and people can't find him or catch him because he doesn't have really any patterns. 
and he's just on this killing spree. And you quickly go back to where John Flood is hot on the case and starting to figure it out and puts together a video of his findings and of the road he's has mapped out so far to find this evil, monstrous, you know, serial killer. And uh, he has a swimming pool emptied out and a large, gigantic map of the people this serial killer has taken out. And oh my gosh, it's a, he's like a, you know, mass murderer. So John Flood hot on his case. So great introduction, interesting character, mysterious. What's going to happen? How did, why did, why isn't John still with the government? What happened there? How did he get away? Who is this girl character that recruits guys to work with John Flood? So just a, a great number one. There were some other number ones, but this is the best of the number ones. So I'm going to definitely check this out. Again, John Flood. Number one, my number two pick of the week. And the number one pick of the week for New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, August 5th, is Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, number three, by Slot Cubert Dell and Ponsor. And let me tell you, I have not been this excited over Spider-Man in a long time, and Spider-Man truly has my heart. It's the it's what got me into comics. It's what held me into comics. It's where I started back when I was about nine years old. And uh, in 1995, this was when I was in college. I just remember the the news that Mary was Mary Jane was pregnant. I remember that they told her the baby had had, had died. Oh, there was a a woman that um, I remember her name being Allison Mongrain because she gave me a migraine. This character. <laughs> Uh, poisoned Mary Jane and then she went into labor and uh, they told her that the baby had died and Mongrain worked for Norman Osborn and I remember that series called Reve- it was called Revelations and it bounced all over the Spider-Man titles at the time but uh, I thought wow this is I had such hope at the beginning of it thinking this is going to be fantastic wow okay they're going to you know he was an adult and you know Peter Parker was an adult and uh, married, they were married, and they had this this child they named May. And I remember Aunt May was kidnapped as well at the time, so it was a real tumultuous time in his life. And when she announced that she was pregnant, he was going to call the quits of Spider-Man, which he's done a few times, to hang the costume up. And he was conflicted with that. You know, he didn't want to have a life uh, trying to raise his child, being a superhero, and putting him through all the stresses of that. So it was a, a real-world take, I remember, at the time in 1995. And I remember that uh, they are telling me the baby had, had died. It was just heavy, right? Just, oh, man. This is 1995. And and uh, I remember they they hunted Mongrain down, and he found her. And as, like, some, I don't remember what happened, an explosion or something, but Mongrain was dying and admitted to Peter that it was Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, that was behind this. And, uh... So in his uh, findings, he pummels Norman Osborn to admit that, yes, he has May. And when he goes to that place, it's not May the baby. It's, it's Aunt May. You know, she was kidnapped. And I just remember so many questions from that. Like, you know, what happened? And that was just sort of a, an, an odd way to sort of admit that Norman Osborn killed their baby. And that's as far as they sort of went with it. And uh, I just remember, man, like, that's that's it? And it was a few years later, uh, Marvel ran with Spider-Girl, which I remember uh, looking at, that it ran 30 issues, and at the time, it was the longest uh, title starring a female character. So there's definitely interest there, 
but it, it didn't answer it for me. It was a flash forward. It was a what if, and um, it it was just a bummer that they went that route. And I think it was a big dropping off point for me of Sp- of Spider Man at that time. And I may have dabbled here and there with Spider Man, but just kind of let it go for a little while. And I didn't. I remember picking up a few issues of Spider Girl and. And Peter Parker had like a, he was walking with a cane, I think he was missing a leg, and he was older, and he couldn't be Spider-Man anymore, and it was their daughter if she hadn't died. And so they stuck with the, she died. So this series, long long story short, this series goes into, sort of again, what if she didn't die? The daughter's name's Annie for some reason, so they didn't go with May. But this shows she lives, and this is a, a world where there's this pretty well-developed bad guy named Regent. It's it's definitely not a throwaway character. He has he absorbs other heroes' powers, and he has this prison of every hero you can think of, from Captain America to Wolverine to Iron Man, and he can absorb their powers, it looks like, for a temporary amount of time. But definitely an interesting villain that I'm sure will be sticking around for a while, Regent. And Spider-Man's back in the, cl- in the black outfit and facing the Sinister Six and also trying to use his, uh, his science powers to hide his powers and his daughters because this is a world where Regent's hunting down and killing uh, all the superheroes and absorbing your powers. But he is able to make these dampeners, electronic dampeners that hide him. But from time to time, they have difficulty with that and they show up on the radar of Regent, and he sends the Sinister Six to go to um, to Annie's school. So it's nice that he's Spider-Man's an adult, and he's tougher, edgier in this because his family unit is solid. It's That's not where the conflict is. M and J, you can sense the love they have for each other and the love they have for their daughter, and they're really just trying to, he's just trying to keep them hidden, keep them safe. And when... The family sort of says, go get him, Tiger, collectively. Even with the daughter seeing how... You can see she's just proud of her dad and he's doing what's right and not hiding and jumping out and being Spider-Man and fighting the Sinister Six that goes after an elementary school to find the daughter. And they find another uh, power, a kid with powers. And so Peter's got to jump in there. And and it just has that sense of, of hero. It has that sense of doing the right thing. It has that sense of hope and family unit. And I just loved it all, and it just it felt right. It felt like maybe I had amnesia and forgot everything that happened <laughs> from the mid-90s to now. And I just sort of quickly erased it all and seemed I felt like I just picked up from where it left off in 1995, and it did the story right. I don't know. It's not going to stay like this. You know it's not, and they're going to make them younger again or do something goofy with, I'm sure, the new movie. But this little slice right here, completely enjoying it. The art was fantastic. The pacing of it was really good. And it even has a few nostalgic flashbacks to origin stuff. But it's just done well in a real heartwarming way. And family unit strong and Peter Parker strong, sciency doing his thing. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's why it's my number one pick of the week. The Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number three. Pick it up. It is fan-friggin-tastic. So there you go. That's going to do it. That's going to be the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for hanging in there. Grab those picks because they're worth it. They're worth the dough. And uh, hopefully next uh, issue, their issue 15, will be having a guest, Dave Baker. I have to plug him again, the actionhospital.com, his webcomic. And uh, check out his uh, even his Instagram um, at x 
Dave Baker X, and uh, he's an LA uh, native, and he um, from Arizona. He writes screenplays. Um, he even does some artwork, which is just gorgeously done. He's got a great Instagram. He's totally goofy and and <laughs> out there. So check him out. That'll hopefully be coming up very very soon. And a winner of the uh, the my contest that uh, people were writing in um, minion uh, sentences. Uh, please write in some more. I'm going to finally pick one and just send it out. Um, Chris at sunspotscomics.com to enter in. So it's going to be ending soon. So put your submissions in there. And uh, I do have a bunch of minion stuff to mail out. So please take uh, part in that. So thank you for uh, tuning in. Hope you enjoy us. Please follow us and take a look at our website, sunspotscomics.com, and at Twitter and Instagram at sunspotscomics. So thank you all. You all have a good one. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. And don't forget. It's been great meeting you. Take care of yourself. You too, Spider-Man. Farewell and good luck. Well, I wonder how I'm supposed to get down from here. I suppose I could wait for the Fantastic Four to drop by and give me a lift. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Well, payment, he's ignored. Action is his reward. Look out, here comes the spider The scene of a crime Like a streak of light He arrives just in time Spider-Man, Spider-Man Does whatever a spider can Spins a web Any size catches these Just like flies look out Here comes the spider Here comes the spider man.